we started out in the chapter 3 last week as we're talking about rest for Ruth. She's had some reward and now uh, we're moving into the uh, rest phase. And as we talked about last week, rest was marriage. That's what Naomi's talking about in verse 1 when she says, Shall I not seek rest for thee? And we talked about why uh, it was considered that in Bible times, a little bit different in our day than then. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that would be marriages looked at then for a woman that was really her only hope for any kind of success or to provide for herself. And whereas today it's a little bit different in the uh, freedoms we have of working and all that. But uh, we've looked at the proposal and the acceptance from Ruth. And tonight we pick up on the preparation. And so let's start reading at verse number three of uh, Ruth chapter three. The Bible says, Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, and make, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. All right, you get the picture there? You go down to the threshing room floor. We talked about last week. He would sleep there where he's working to protect his crop, make sure nobody's going to come in and mess with it. And so they basically, the few days they're threshing, they'll, he'll sleep there where he's going to lay down and sleep. She's to watch where he goes to bed, where he beds down, and then go over and uncover his feet and lay down by his feet. And again, today, with our, you know, we don't have the same customs, and so we think, that's a little creepy, but we're going to look into what the Bible says about it and uh, see where where uh, where they were coming from there. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, verse 3. See, we see cleanliness in the preparation. The preparation is basic, but it's very important. And this is kind of a common sense thing. Uh, and I want to touch on a few things. I'm grateful I have teenagers with us, and so this is very fitting in the next few weeks as we're talking about as they are meeting and going to get married, and they're having this uh, uh, preparation time here. But uh, it's kind of basic here that it's a good thing to have good hygiene. Amen? I mean, that's good. Wash yourself, that's what she says to start out with. Um, basically, Naomi's telling Ruth here to, uh, that says to anoint thee, and by that she's basically saying, uh, you know, put on whatever makeup they would put on, uh, deodorant in today's language as well. Uh, to clean yourself up, get ready. Um, and that's, you know, if, she, if she's going to want to be the wife of Boaz, uh, it's a good thing to look your best and uh, make the best presentation. If a girl wants to impress a guy or vice versa, it's good to have good hygiene. I think that's a pretty basic, isn't it? And so that's what we see here. Boaz is not going to be at his Sunday best. I mean, he's going to be working, so he's probably going to be more on the Dirty and sweaty aside, out at the at the job, but Ruth could be and should be uh, cleaned up because she's the one making the approach here. So the lesson, really, if we apply it spiritually, uh, it, we're in need of cleanliness if we want to fellowship with our Redeemer. Remember, uh, Boaz is a picture of Christ; he's the kinsman Redeemer here, and so she's wanting to have fellowship with him. She's going to get herself cleaned up. Uh, we also, if we want to have fellowship with our Redeemer. Uh, we must cleanse ourselves. If we want good fellowship with the Lord, we have to separate from evil. That's very clear in Scripture. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
Sin will always hinder our fellowship with God. Sin will always separate between us and God. Uh, Ruth was going to request Boaz to marry her or start that process. If you remember in Leverett marriage, which was what this was, a marriage of a kinsman, it was the woman's job to be the aggressor in it. And so she was going after him there. And before she, uh, before she did that, she got cleaned up so her request would not be hindered. We have to do the same in our prayer and our fellowship with God as well. The Bible says in Psalm 66:18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So that sin will always separate. Then she goes on with the close in the preparation here. Put thy raiment upon thee. Now, when she says, put your raiment on thee, it's not a unclothed versus clothed thing here. It's a regular, ordinary clothes versus your best clothes that she's talking about here. Ruth was not only to see that she had good hygiene, but also had a good appearance, an appropriate one to meet Boaz. Her clothes would reflect her mission. Sweatpants will not send the right message. That's what this is basically saying. All right, Sweatpants never send the right message. Amen? Uh, unless the message is, I've given up on life. Then that that these are my opinions as as preacher. It's not the Bible, but you know I'm here, so I'll say my opinion. Uh, Naomi wanted Ruth to look neat, clean, attractive, and uh, as a, as appropriately so. And and as we see throughout here, this was a purity thing. We're not talking about uh, dressing uh, or or being half dressed to appease a the wrong sort. She's being uh, proper. She's being appropriate, and she is getting herself. Uh, ready for her mission that is honorable, so she's going to dress for it. Uh, this this is a lesson that many young people do not grasp, and I see this at camp and different areas where we have a lot of young people together, and it's interesting, as a youth pastor, it almost became a game to me when we would come uh, to camp at uh, when I was in Michigan still. It's a little different now. We kind of have the same group going back every year, but we would come to camp. It would be new groups having never seen each other, the buses would all come in at one point. They'd all start unloading. And I could get pretty good at predicting who's going to be the crowds. You know, you have the, the groups, the, the uh, groups that, uh, the gothic groups, the ones with the black hair, the black nails, and all that. that they're going to kind of congregate throughout the week. And then there was a certain group that uh, it doesn't matter if it was uh, July and 98, 100 degrees, they would wear... Uh, stocking caps and hoodies and, you know, that group would all... Uh, shabbily dressed people attract shabbily dressed people. And I'm just saying here, she was, uh, she was uh, going to dress for her mission. And I think there's something to be said about that, to present ourselves well. One of my pet peeves is that uh, in this generation, I guess you could say, maybe I was born in the wrong time, I don't know, but if you go to the airport and people in their pajamas. And, I mean, they look like they just rolled out of bed and they arrived at the airport. And there they are, ready to go and fly where they are. I mean, we ought to just, we ought to step up our game just a little bit on that. Dressing appropriate for the occasions uh, in our life. We ought to apply this to church as well. Uh, and when we go to church, the way people dress for church uh, is evident that church isn't that important to them. Many, many today... And uh, people come to church dressed the same way uh, that they would if they're going out to chop wood. 
And this, I don't believe this honors God. Now, I'm glad they come, amen? And we'll never put a dress code on our church. And so that, there, is, there are some folks that come, and if that's all they have, that's all they have, that's wonderful. I'm not saying everybody ought to wear a suit to come to church by any means. But uh, I, and, and we never want to make anybody feel like they're not good enough to be here. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is a guy who would wear a suit every day to work all week long and then cargo shorts and flip-flops to church on Sunday. I'm just saying we ought to have a, uh, I, I hope you're getting where my heart is on this. Uh, we ought to have a respect and an attitude about God and about the things in life that are important to us. So this is what she said, put on thy raiment. We'll leave that uh, before I get myself in trouble. The community in the preparation. Verse 3, get thee down to the floor. The floor here is the threshing floor for where uh, the threshing was being done, the winnowing was being done for the barley. Going to the threshing floor where Boaz was uh, emphasizes that she was going to the right place to find the right person. Uh, going to, uh, uh, you know, you, it's important even for young folks today as well to go where good people are. Get them at the church, not at the bar. Amen. And so there's a, there's a better place to go to find people that we'll spend time with. And then the conduct. Look at verse 3. Make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. Thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Now, Naomi gave Ruth some instructions on how to conduct herself once she arrived here. Make not thyself known unto the man, she said. There'll be a lot of people there. It's a feast of sorts. This was a celebration. And so Ruth could mingle with these people, especially the maidens that she had been working with that she has gotten to know. Uh, but she was not to approach Boaz during this time. She was not to interfere with his activities, not to get in his way during his celebrating. In, in short, she was supposed to here exercise some good manners. She was to uh, be polite, not obtrusive. Uh, good manners are important. Amen? Good manners are what attract good people and the right people. Ruth's good behavior got the attention, remember, of Boaz from the very first. And the fact that she was had the kind of spirit about her that she did. It's not how noticed you are that counts. It's how nice you are. It's not how popular you are, but how polite you are in a situation like this. And so we need the same lesson in, in our day as well. Look at uh, verse 4. And it shall be, when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. Now, I want to look at five quick things about the method here Naomi gave Ruth. Uh, first, let's look at the criticism of the method, just because we'll face it. To some people, Naomi's directions here sound a little forward. I mean, especially for a young lady uh, to do what she was supposed to do here. But what's being described in Scripture is not an inappropriate situation, uh, it's not impure or unholy. In our day, it looks a little ridiculous. You know, your your guy's guys going to bed and sleeping there, and you're going to uncover his feet and lay down by his feet. That just doesn't jive with any kind of custom that we have today. But it wasn't an immoral thing at all. This is confirmed by Boaz's reaction when he woke woke up and discovered her at his feet. Uh, in chapter three, verses ten through eleven won't read that now, we'll get to that in a little bit, but he complimented her character at that time. And it, Boaz does not for a minute question her purity or question her honor or anything like that uh, because Ruth made, or Naomi made sure that Ruth would act appropriately. We ought to always act in such a way as would be seen as virtuous and pure, and that's what Ruth was doing here. Now, 
look at the caution here. Mark the place where he shall lie. It's important that Ruth would pay close attention to where Boaz was at all times. He would, uh, he would be there, as I mentioned, to protect the grain, so he would sleep there on sight. Uh, look at the courage. Thou shalt go in and uncover his feet. Ruth was to go in, uncover his feet. He would be covered with a cloak or some kind of blanket, uh, and she was to remove that part of the blanket and then lay down at, the, at his feet until he woke up again. This makes no sense to us, but the custom was understood in those days. It was not being immodest, as I mentioned. But for Ruth to do this required some courage. Uh, she's kind of putting it all out there, and that carries a little bit of a risk. When you, you know, this is, they, they hadn't had an official relationship or anything yet, and she's putting it all on the table there. Uh, she put her heart out. What if there was a re rejection to her? And so this took some courage. I think Naomi knew the heart of Boaz and what it was towards Ruth and that he would respond favorably. And of course, as we know, he did. All right, look at the confidence and lay thee down. So at this point, not waking him up, but laying down at his feet. Laying down reflects confidence and faith in the process here. She had done what she was supposed to do. Now the next move would be on Boaz. Laying down there is a sign of trust in what Naomi is telling her. Again, remember, Ruth would have probably thought, or could have very easily thought, this was just as strange as it is for us to hear it. She's from Moab. This might not have matched any of her customs. And it certainly doesn't match our customs today. I mean, you don't, so a young man that you like and so you wait for him to go to bed and then you break in his house and sneak up into his room and lay at the foot of his bed. That's not what we do today. You would get the cops called on you, right? So this is not a custom we're used to and it might not have been even for her either, but she is trusting in the process. Uh, laying down is used in Scripture sometimes to express trust. Uh, Psalm 4.8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. It's a picture of that trust in God. Ruth coming to the feet of Boaz in, in her approach is, is really also carries a spiritual application for us. If we want long-lasting fellowship with Christ, we also must bow humbly at His feet. Coming to the feet of someone shows the humility of the seeker. Humility is a must if we're going to approach Christ successfully. Amen? We need to come always humbly to Him. Uh, for James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humility lifted Ruth up to become an ancestress of Christ. She would be uh, in the line of Jesus Christ himself. Humility before the Lord will lift you up as well. And we need to always have that humility for him. Now, look going on, and he shall tell thee what thou shalt do. We see the compensation there. Naomi promised Ruth if she did what she was told, Ruth or Boaz would respond, respond positively. And she was right. He did. Uh, he did tell her what to do, verses 13 through 14 there. The application, again, here is that when we come to Christ and we come humbly at his feet, he will tell us what to do as well. Uh, he does not wish for us to be in the dark as far as what we are to do next. Acts chapter 9, verse 6, and she trembling, this is Paul after the light had struck him down, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, 
and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Service, by the way, will always be found uh, when we ask Christ what to do. And so he would not have us ignorant of what that is. Uh, those who come to Christ will find a place and will find, uh, his, and will find his leading to that place. And, and we see that all throughout Scripture. Now look at verse number 5. And she, this is Ruth, said unto her, Naomi, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. I'll talk about that statement here for a little bit. There's wisdom in that promise. Ruth had some good advice from her mother-in-law. Uh, she knew it, and she would follow it to the letter. Uh, here's another application to our life. Naomi, what was, re really, if you look at the big picture, Naomi was helping Ruth get what Ruth wanted anyway, right? Ruth wanted Boaz. She wanted to, uh, she was in love with him, you could say, and Boaz, we find, was also with her. This was going to be a beautiful union, and that's what Ruth wanted, and she obeyed Naomi's instructions. And it's interesting to me that Naomi's instructions and Ruth's aspirations led to the same outcome. There's a great picture for that, uh, for, for God as well in our life. If we would only learn that by obeying God in our life, that's how we get what we want most. What do we want out of life? What does anybody want? Peace, security, success, happiness, fulfillment. That's what people really want. I mean, they go after money and some people are, are uh, just insane about trying to get that next dollar, but why are they getting it? Well, they want security, they want success, they want happiness, and they think that's the way to get it. But the best way to achieve those things is to simply trust God and do what he says to do. And God's instructions and your aspirations will align. If uh, Really, at the end, God, God has your best in mind. We just don't see the process as the same sometimes. We think the dollar will bring us success or will bring us happiness. Well, it won't. It never does. Uh, fame and fortune and, and all those things, they're not going to bring happiness. They never do. Look at don't read People magazine, but if you did read People magazine, you'd see there's just as much misery there as there is in anybody else in poor people's lives. This doesn't bring happiness. That's proven by the vast amount of suicides you have among the richest and the famous people in the world that, that are miserable. And so if we just trust God and recognize that He, the Lord, is the way for us to have real fulfillment, real success, real peace, real happiness. We think we have a better path to it. That's why we want to control our life. We think we have a better idea than God at how to get happiness and how to, how to gain and achieve those things we want. That's why we want control. That's why we take shortcuts. That's why we go, on our, that's why we go our own way. Now imagine again Ruth as she's listening to what Naomi says. You want me to uncover his feet and lay down by his feet. That's weird. And it probably was as weird to her as it sounds to us. And what if Ruth said, that's stupid. I'm going to do it my way. All right, we do things different in Moab. I'm going to do it my way. Ruth didn't say that, though. She recognized Naomi's, the wisdom in Naomi's instructions, and she said, I don't quite understand why I have to do things this exact way, but I'll do exactly. She said, I will do all that you say. And there's a tremendous wisdom in her doing that here. I'm going to put my trust into someone who knows better than I do, and then what's going to happen in the end? Then I'll get what I wanted in the first place if I just trust them. Ruth was wise in doing so. 
if we could trust God to direct our lives, we would achieve more than what we think we want. We would achieve more success, more happiness, more fulfillment if we would let Him have control of our life. Ruth was wise enough to take on counsel that she might not have understood. And we must do the same in our Christian lives as well. There's times that it's not always going to make sense. We just need to trust God anyway. The world is filled with people who don't want good counsel. That's why the Word of God is so very unpopular today. As Pastor mentioned, they're not looking at the Bible when they're walking. Uh, so there's actually a term for that now. Uh, uh, I have to think it in my mind. It's not TWW, text, uh, texting while walking or something like that. But, but uh, there's, there is actually quite a few. You can look them up on YouTube. There is quite a few videos of, of accidents. So if you are interested in seeing them there, it's, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing somebody looking at their phone walk into a, into a drain hole. You know, but anyway. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 1, and he read it tonight, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Look at the scope. When she said, All that thou sayest I will do, and that the scope of the promise is found in the word all. Everything. She promised to obey fully. And by the way, that's the only way to obey, is to do it fully. Uh, Brother uh, Martin preached on that a couple of Sunday nights ago about partial obedience. And if, if Ruth had only obeyed part of the orders Naomi gave her, it would have ended unsuccessfully. Uh, she'd have, uh, she, she had to obey all the commands and everything worked as it should have. Naomi was, we were on Naomi's turf here. So she had to listen to what Naomi said. She understood the customs. She understood how the people thought there. And uh, this, this obedience, uh, partial obedience won't get the job done. We need to be fully obedient to the Lord in all things. We cannot pick and choose what to obey and what not to obey. Uh, every command needs to be obeyed. The uh, motivation, it was really love in this whole story here. It's, this is evident in how quick Ruth was ready to listen to what Naomi said. Uh, the readiness to do what Naomi said and the ease of her obedience to her revealed her heart. She loved Boaz. She wanted him for her husband. If there had been a lack of interest in Boaz, there would have been a lack of interest in obedience too. Uh, you can't Blame her, by the way, for everything we see about Boaz. He was a real catch. I mean, he was, uh, he is, he's wealthy. He was very respectful. He had great character. He was a, a good man. And so uh, he, he had all these things, and Ruth w knew enough about him to know he would be a wonderful husband. So she loved him already, and that promoted obedience. And you know what love does? It always promotes obedience. Jesus said in John 14, 23, If a man loved me, uh, he will keep my words. That's a very simple concept, but if we love God, we'll obey God. If we love Jesus, we'll do what He says. If we love our wife, we'll honor our wife and obey the request she makes. If a wife loves her husband, she'll love and obey her husband. Love promotes obedience. It's just part of it. And so when our love for God is strong, our obedience will be strong. Jesus said also in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, the first and great commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. We need to love God so fully that we will obey him completely. And love promotes that. Verse 6, she went down into the floor and did according to all her mother-in-law bade her. She was sincere in the promise she made. She did as she said she would do. She promised and then she performed. Would that 
Ruth's sincerity would be the norm even today, but I fear it's not uh, with many people. Politicians promise the moon if you vote for them until they're elected and then they break those promises. People make sacred promises in their wedding vows, and yet we have 50% or more of divorce in our nation. But we need to be different, and we can be different. We can make a decision in our heart to be a person of our word. Sincerity in our promises, integrity in our character, and uh, full obedience to the Lord, and that is all motivated by the love of the Lord. So, uh, give us some lessons we can take from this first part of the uh, Ruth chapter 3, we are out of time, so we'll pick this up next week and continue to uh, go down through here and see the outcome of what Ruth does. It's a great, we're getting to the...